0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Hallelujah. Somebody give our kids a great big hand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, I'm going to direct your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians. Stand together with me today. So good to have all of you here in the house. Good to see some guests. Amen. I think most I've met, maybe some I haven't, but look forward to meeting you. Amen. So good to have my mother and father-in-law here as well with us. And uh, we're going to stop recognizing them, uh, not because we don't love them, but because they're moving down here and they're not going to be guests. And so we're, we're happy about that. Amen. I think they have about one more month to go. And uh, then this will be home base, and we're so excited about that. First Corinthians chapter number 10. How many will help me preach just a little bit this morning? Amen. First Corinthians chapter number 10. And uh, just say amen ever so often, so I know it's not just me and my wife uh, here today. But I want to share with you, if I can, something. That's just been on my heart. The Lord laid on my heart if I could share a principle. I've taught from this passage before in Bible study, and there's some richness. I would encourage you to take this, maybe take this passage in a devotion this week and sort of work through it and meditate on it. It's very easy because there's some things you can outline in here, bullet point, and you can look at. But I want to sort of grab the big picture out of these 13 verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 1. And the apostle writes and says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And then he gives four things, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of Serpents, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples. And they are written for our admonition upon who the, who, whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed... Lest he fall. And finally, verse thirteen there hath no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that ye are able, but with will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may. Be able to bear it. That ye may be able to bear it. He said, God is faithful and you can handle it. I came to preach for a couple moments on this thought today. You can't blame your wilderness, you can't blame. Your wilderness. Can we lay our Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to anoint His Word and our ears? Amen to the hearing of His Word. Lord, I thank you today for your Spirit. I thank you for everyone that is gathered together. I thank you for the body of Christ. And I pray that in these next few moments, God, that your Word could speak into our life, that your Spirit could speak into our heart, Lord. Let us, God, surrender. Let us, God, yield today every purpose, every desire, everything that you have for us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let us leave here. God, in praise and glory and thanksgiving for all that you've done and all that you do. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, can you just praise Him now and thank Him now? God, I thank you today. Lord, I bless your name today. I worship You, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning as you're seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There are two phrases that I could pull out here today. And I think one of them is this concept that They were overthrown in the wilderness. They were overthrown in the wilderness. And the second is that Paul says these things were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the worlds, the world is come. There is an end of the world. There will be an end of the world. All right. All right. That is a reality that is presented in Scripture. Amen. Is discomforting. Uh, it is uh, uh, sometimes hard to maybe understand and, and, and swallow or grasp completely. But the Bible plainly and clearly states that heaven and earth shall pass away. That there will be a passing of things and and uh, God will do a new thing. And so we're in, this, we're in this time capsule, if you will, where God is manifesting himself to the world, revealing himself to all creation, if you will. And uh, he is revealing himself to us so that we can make a choice and a determination of Of choosing Him in our life, of actually choosing God, His goodness, His ways to be our Savior, to be the salvation for our soul. But there is coming an end to that period. And at the end of that period of time, that day, that designation, there will be no more choosing after that point. We will have made The choice, and all will stand before God. We'll all, we will all make a proclamation of whether we choose the Lord or we reject the Lord. And so here he talks about to us. Now we know this was written somewhere in the ballpark of two thousand years ago, and he says this was written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And of course, two thousand years—it's taken a little while. It's playing out a little longer than what I would propose that the early church thought Um, they lived with the the reality that God could wrap this thing up at any moment. And let me just say this to you, just because God has not wrapped it up yet does not mean that we should just assume that He's not going to wrap it up any moment. And so now is the time to make your decision. Don't delay. Now is the time to choose, amen, how you're going to live your life. And as we live, my goodness, how much longer will the Lord hold off? It's hard to envision another 100 years, 50 years, perhaps, with as rapidly as our world is changing, and sometimes daily, it's hard to envision another year of where we are at, what God is going to do. And so this was a concept. And Paul, in talking to the church of this day, which was 2,000 years ago in this period, this, this, this day of Messiah, the day of the Lord that we're living in, Paul tells them that what happens, what happened in the Old Testament, what was written in the Old Testament, what was told, was for an example or an illustration to teach us certain things. And he says then, not only are they examples, he says in verse 6, now these things were our examples, he says, but in verse 11, now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written, they are written for our admonition. Yeah. Now man's been around for a long time and God has never loved one more than the other, but he's always willed that all would come to repentance, that all would love him. And so there are probably many other stories that, or, or testimonies of people's life that God could have had written down, but he chose the story of the people of Israel. Paul, in another place, says that the the Old Testament, the law was given to us for a schoolmaster. It was a type and a shadow to teach us about things. And, and it shows us the ways of God and, and what we need in our life. And so here is an illustration that he pulls out of the Old Testament In chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, to admonish them that were living in Corinth, to admonish them to be on guard, to be on watch. And he says these things are written for your admonition. Here it is for you to go back to, to refer to, to make sure that you do not make... The same mistake, if you will uh it didn't just happen and then I forgot about it and moved on he said but but their story I made sure that it was written down and rehashed so you could learn from their mistakes that you could learn what to do and what not to do and then he he brings it to us and he says in verse number five that while they were in the wilderness God was not pleased with them. And I'm trying to grab the highlights here. God was not well pleased with them and they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, how many have ever been to the wilderness? I mean, ever been to the wilderness? Real wilderness. I'm talking like you know, out there, like in the middle of nowhere, kind of like all by yourself. Some people, some people think, you know, going, going out of town just like a little bit, going to Southern Illinois is the wilderness, you know, (laughs) getting out of, out of the city is a wilderness. I'm talking about, I'm talking about wilderness. I'm not talking about like, like where, where your cell phone doesn't work. Praise God. Amen. Amen. For some of us, that's right here in the Metro East. (laughs) But but being out in the wilderness where you are all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely alone. Now, for fun, I like to go to the wilderness. I like to go to the wilderness. But when I go to the wilderness, I like to have a vehicle, four-wheel drive. Full tank of gas, extra tank of gas, you know, enough rations and food to get me through for a day hike, an overnight stay, you know, nothing like really long. But here God called them out of Egypt and He's taking them to the wilderness. I mean, think about that for, He didn't intend for it to be this long, but for 40 years. 40 years. They walked around in the wilderness. No Walmarts. No no Amazon. Like, if you need something, you have to make it yourself. And if you can even learn how to make it, you, you've got to find the material yourself. And it's not like there's stuff laying around. I mean, you are, you are in a bad, bad place. So I find it a little ironic, for the that that Paul says, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. I mean, if anybody did not make it out of the wilderness, we would understand, right? I mean if anybody was walking through what they had to walk through and they didn't make it it oh that explains it that makes sense I mean they're living in the wilderness they have no food they have no drink they have no way to escape no way to get out there's no help coming there's no if they don't make it we understand Now you guys know I like to hike and Last December, I flew out to uh, Colorado where Brother Kendall and I went to a few national parks. And the first time, there's the first time I went to Canyonlands in uh, southeastern Utah. And I absolutely love the park so far. It's probably one of my favorite parks just because you can get out there and there's nobody out there. And we went during December 2020 during a pandemic where there was snow on the ground and school still in session. And so we wanted to ensure that we were hiking all alone. And uh, so we went out there, but just a few weeks ago, uh, Brother Adam Heil, our uh, district uh, youth president here, uh, flew out to meet him. And uh, I was talking with Brother Kendall the other day, and he, uh, he took him back to the same place that we went, Right here uh, at the beginning of august and and right now, national parks in the nation are overrun. You can't even get into some of them because they're 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 having to implement permits. It's overcrowded because people can't leave the country, so they're all hitting all these places and so. He took, them, he took them back to Canyonlands, and in Canyonlands, the National Park is so big that it's divided in three different segments. You have the island in the sky, you have the needles, and then you have the maze, and it's just massive, nobody out there. And so he took him back to the needles where we went hiking, drove, you're like two hours from a gas station, drove back there, he said, went to the same trailhead that we were at in December in a pandemic with school in session and snow on the ground. Ground. And he said he hiked, uh, I think one hike he did was 12 or 13 miles. And he said there was not any more people at the trailhead than there was back in December. And he said he hiked for 12 or 13 miles and did not see one single person out there in the middle of the wilderness. And you've all heard the story of the man that that fell down a crevasse and got his arm lodged between a rock and everything, and you know how he had to help himself out? I won't, I won't remind you of how that happened. That took place in Canyonlands. And Canyonlands is the third part of the park, and just to go into Canyonlands, you have to have a permit, not because it's overcrowded, but because it's so undercrowded, <laughs> they need to know who's in there. Because in case you get lost, that's how much of a wilderness it is. And he knew in that situation, if I don't do this, the unthinkable, if I don't do the undoable or or, or the unimaginable or whatever, I'm never getting out of here. And, and, And every year, sadly, tragically, people lose their lives because they don't prepare or they don't have communication or they don't have something And so when you go to the wilderness, you understand. Once you have been there and you've seen it and you walk through it, you can see, okay, I can see nobody's walking out of here alone. And Paul says they were overthrown in the wilderness. It would be understandable. Why, If we went to the history books and we read, I enjoy a little bit of history, and you go back and you read about different things that come in and and, and things that took place and and we're trying to figure out in civilizations, the Incas and and, uh, uh, other places, where did they go? What happened? Was there an immediate plague that wiped them out? What was the situation? Was it a famine? Did they start? If the story was told in the history books that the Israelites left Egypt and, and they They fled for their freedom and they went into the wilderness and in the wilderness, they died. It would make sense to every other human imaginable. But there was something different that Paul brings up. And I'm here to preach a little bit today about your wilderness because you see the wilderness that we experience in this life is totally made different when we are a child of God. Look at what he says. Moreover, I would not have you that we should be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all past through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. What is Paul saying? Paul is letting us know that this wilderness experience was something different. He said all our fathers, none exempting, all our fathers were under the cloud. What was the cloud? Well, the cloud was the glory of God that came down upon them as they made their way out of Egypt. The Bible says that there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that would lead them. But the first time that that cloud appears is when we see them marching out of Egypt and Pharaoh changes his mind. And so Pharaoh now runs after them to bring them back. But God puts a cloud, a cloud so dark, a cloud so thick that the enemy could not touch them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, a normal wilderness in this life, if you're just living, it's something we understand when you die in the wilderness and you can't make it out. But when you have been redeemed by God, when you have been called by God, when you have been changed by the power of the blood of the Lamb, there is something different about your wilderness. Because in this wilderness, there's a cloud cloud that keeps the enemy at arm's reach. Oh you may hear the army over there yelling you may hear them coming after you but there's something that God's keeping them. Keeping them back, holding them back the cloud was not only guarding them but the cloud was guiding them. The cloud guided them every day. And then he goes on and says not only did our fathers pass Or or, or walk under the cloud. He said, but they all passed through the sea in this wilderness God brought them through the impossible he did the impossible amen so that he could destroy once and for all what the burden was in their life he once and for all took away amen the oppressor in their life I'm going to tell you in my wilderness as a child of God it's not the same because in my wilderness not only is there a cloud that guards and there's a cloud that guides, but God has done the work, amen, of once and for all taking, amen, the oppressor off of my back. It was done at the cross 2,000 years ago and it was testified in an empty tomb 2,000 years ago. And Paul writes, oh death, where is thy sting. Oh, grave where is thy victory? In this wilderness I'm not even afraid of death. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. For me to live Paul said is Christ and me to die is gain. Yes. He takes the oppressor off of our back. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There was this deliverance. Amen. But beyond that deliverance, there was a provision that God brought about and did all eat the same spiritual meat. The psalmist in chapter 78 called it angel's food. They called it manna, which meant what is it? What is it? They walked around for 40 years going out and gathering this stuff. It was like a coriander seed made with honey, and they would break it down, and they would bake it, and this manna would sustain them. Manna, that's one of the things when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, God, what did man, what was man? I, I want to see what it was. I want to, I want to feel what it was. I'm just my curious brain, because it doesn't matter how many recipes you make or wherever you go when you eat, you've never had manna. Because this didn't come, amen, from this didn't come from Target or Walmart. You can't buy this down here at Schnook's or Dearburg's. You can't get this came down from heaven. Mm-hmm. And the psalmist said it was like angels' food. It was like something from heaven. Every time you ate that. You thought this is just amazing. This just fell out of the sky. And here we just bake this and poof, there it is. And, and, and now, wow, wow. And they ate all of that all year. I'm going to tell you, the wilderness isn't the same huh, when you're a child of God. Because in this wilderness, God provides. Oh, come on, somebody. God provides. Hallelujah. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. They're in the wilderness. God says, I know you're thirsty. Because if there's anything you need, you need water. I mean, I know we've had some hot days the last few days. Anybody know what I'm talking about the last few weeks? And if you don't drink enough water, man, I start getting a headache. I can tell. I'm not having enough. i got to have more water inside of my system. Imagine being in the wilderness. By the way, if you've never been out in the wilderness, I, we, we have gone on hiking trips where there's been a 50-degree change in one day. Shocking to have such a big thing. And it'll, you'll start out in the 40s, and you're, you're, you're hiking with jackets, and you're, you're, you're in a canyon or whatever, and, and then all of a sudden it'll get up to 90 degrees at the peak of the day when you get out in the flat area and the sun comes down. But then, man, when that sun goes back down, all of a sudden that cold comes again, comes in. The Bible says that it was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. When you're in the wilderness, you're looking for some shade. (laughs) God, give me some shade. God says, I got you covered. And when you're in the nighttime, you're looking for some warmth. You're looking for some heat. God says, I got you covered. I'm going to take care of you. So they are living out. Think about this. In the wilderness, they are living out. The miraculous every day. They're like, man, got shade, got heat at night, got angels' food falling down, clothes weren't wearing out, sandals weren't wearing out, and then they all drank the same spiritual drink. One of the miracles in the Old Testament that we don't always see or maybe note is that when God comes to Moses and He tells him, the first time he said, Smite the rock, second time he told him to speak to the rock, and He he disobeyed, and that was what would keep him out of the promise. When he comes to that rock, that rock was smooth. The first time he tells him to hit that rock, he hit that rock. When he hit that rock, out of that rock comes flowing water. The Bible says that the entire congregation, thirst was quenched and satisfied by the water that came out of that rock. What we understand in the oral traditions is they, believe, they, 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 they not only believe this, but what they understood was the entire 40 years they were in that wilderness, that there was a rock that followed yeah. them. Uh-huh. And out of that rock came water. Yes. 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 Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how you can read the Bible and not believe in miracles. I don't know how you can pick and choose which miracles are in the Bible, which ones are good, which ones are, I mean, if a miracle is a miracle, right? Miracles is just a miracle. If he can do one miracle, why can't he do all miracles? Well, If he, if he did one thing, why can't he do all of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, oh, I don't believe that'll happen. I don't believe, I don't believe that, I don't believe that a rock followed them around in a desert. Oh, okay. So you can believe that manna fell out of heaven, but you can't believe a rock followed them around in the wilderness. <laughs> the rock, Followed them, and that rock was a type of Christ. Yeah. 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 That's why Moses, that's why Moses was rebuked so bad. He smote the rock the first time because it was a type of Christ and when Christ would be smitten when he would be bruised when he would be crucified there would be something that would open up in that moment there would be a life-giving source that would flow out Jesus said he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow living water springs of living water amen i'm going to that's why that's why we get a little bit of about the cross it was not the pain it was not the agony that causes us amen joy no but it was because he was bruised because he took the stripes upon his because he stood in my place he's made this wilderness a place of life I can have a living right now in the middle of my wilderness that rock that rock was Christ It followed them I'd just like to point out that the reason why the rock was following them was because they were following the cloud. It wasn't saying that wherever you want to go, you can just do your own thing. No, they were following the Lord. And in the middle of that wilderness, the Bible says this, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He gives four things that were there over. They're undoing, they're overthrowing, if you will. Those four things are simply this. The idolatry in verse 7. Sexual immorality in verse 8. Their determination to test God, to challenge God. It wasn't asking God or proving God in in the righteous sense, but it was a challenge of God in verse 9. And then in verse number 10, They were murmuring or complaining. It was a gross inattitude that came up. He speaks about these four things as they're undoing. He speaks about these four things. I'll tell you, it would be wise because he says, these things were written for our admonition. Take heed. He that thinketh he standeth. When you stand, lest you fall. Just because you're in the wilderness and the miraculous of God is happening all around does not mean that that is God's sign of approval on your life. Yeah, yeah. The miracles that God performed for Israel was not because of their obedience, it was because of His grace. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't God endorsing the way they were living, it was God's long suffering. No, we should walk by faith and not by sight, but how often do we walk by sight? Yes. Right. And we want to blame our wilderness on. on why we can't. God, I can't because of this. Come on. All right. All right. You may not be a list person, but I know everybody makes these lists. <laughs> God, I can't do this because of this. And God, if this would change, this would happen. And God, I can't commit here. And God, how dare you ask that of me? And God, I've got this. And we go down and we start going on all of the circumstantial things that are happening in our life. And we miss the point pulse as this they weren't overthrown God was not, not pleased with them because amen of the circumstances in their life their problem was not the wilderness their problem was themselves their problem was their attitude their problem was their worship their problem was their lust their problem was their other desires and their thinking he said he said but there hath no temptation to taken you but as such as is common to man but God is faithful I'm here to preach to us today we can't blame our wilderness We can't blame our wilderness for our backsliding. We can't blame our wilderness for our compromise. We can't blame our wilderness for our inconsistencies. We can't blame our wilderness for our lack of devotion. Why? Because God is faithful. You show me a wilderness and I'll show you a cloud. You show me a wilderness and I'll show you manna. You show me a wilderness and I'll show you a rock. Come on, that flows with water everlasting. Hallelujah. Somebody thank the Lord today. Thank the Lord today. Hallelujah. 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 So I come to a close as they come to their music with this. Don't Make the same mistakes that they made. That's what God is saying. That's what Paul is saying here. These were written for your admonition, upon whom the ends of the world is come. Wow, Paul thought enough to see a likeness in in emotion and feeling between what the New Testament church was enduring and what the children of Israel went through in the Old Testament. He said there's going to be similarities. There's going to be times where you identify yourself in a wilderness. And he says, I want you to know you can get strength by looking back at what happened there. The problem wasn't the wilderness. The problem wasn't God's, God's inability to move. No, God was faithful. Yes. And he says, who will not suffer you to be tempted Above what you are able, but will with every temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Put that verse up on the screen. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. I want you to see this. No matter what you're going through, no matter the problem, no matter the situation, you can make it. You can bear it. Pastor, some horrible things in my past. I've wrecked some things up, God. I've messed some things up, man. Had some abusers, had some had some enslavery, had some bondage in my mind and my life and the things I've endured. Things I've seen, I want to tell you, God is bigger. They went through a wilderness and their clothes didn't even wear out. We, we, We have not been given a spirit of fear. Fear can stand at the door and it's ready to lurch over you. What's happening with the world, we get so ang- anxious about what's going on in the world and what's going on in this and what's going on in that. What God wants us to do is have enough faith in Him to know, hey, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. You know, we, we, we need a revival of, of, a, of a holy awareness of who we are and where we are and why we are. Yes. Now, we ought to walk circumspectly. Yes. We ought to be wise. We ought to be stewards and diligent. Yes. We do all of those things, but at the end of the day, Paul says, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Yeah. At the end of the day, he's saying, I'm only living for one reason. At the end of the day, I'm crucified with Christ. At the end of the day, yeah, I know I'm really, I didn't choose this wilderness. But man, has God ever been with me? Oh, could we get that back in our spirit where Paul would pick up the pen and say, I've been imprisoned, (laughs) I've been shipwrecked. Look at all these. It's almost like he's got a smirk. And he's saying, look at all of these things that have happened to me. I ought not be this happy. (laughs) What's wrong with me? I don't know. I, I ought not feel this good. But God is faithful they see me as poor but I'm rich they see me as, as unknown but I'm famous <laughs> I got heaven knows my name <laughs> you you may think my wilderness looks like nobody can make it out but I'm telling you God's on my side I'm going to make it there's an escape for every trial, every circumstance every situation Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. A couple of years ago, I, I, I had to, I, this was for me, and I know I preach about but I had to get the attitude, I had to sort of shake myself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes I have to rebuke myself. He was more spiritual than me. Sometimes I have to shake myself out of You know what I'm talking about? So you gotta shake yourself out of there. And I came up with that resolution that God has been too good for me not to be grateful. And He's given me too many promises for me not to be hopeful. Stop blaming the wilderness. Stop blaming the wilderness for your lack of prayer. Stop blaming the wilderness for your lack of devotion. Stop... Stop blaming the wilderness, Andrew, for your lack of joy. Stop blaming the wilderness for your lack of peace. He said, I'll give you peace that passes understanding. I'll give you peace in the midst. Yes. The storm. I'm trying to encourage somebody today. I'm trying to talk to somebody today. Lift up your hands, oh ye gates. (laughs) Come on. Lift up your hands, oh ye gates. (laughs) For the King of glory shall come in. (laughs) Hallelujah, come on. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let my sickness hold me back or my, my financial circumstance. I'm going to trust God because He's been faithful all the time. Would you stand together with me today? So here's what we close Sunday school with in this room, Brother Zareta, You You quoted Psalm 19 and 14. And this is the prayer of my life. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight? He said, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. God looks down and says, there's no reason why you shouldn't have made it. I'm here to tell somebody today in the Holy Ghost, there is no reason in heaven, in earth, or in hell why you should not make it That's right, amen. there's no reason why I should not make it and so God today my prayer is just let my words let my thoughts yes, sir. be acceptable in your sight amen. come on stop worrying about everything else stop worrying about everything else come on all across this place can we lift our hearts toward heaven today come on all across this place God I surrender I surrender Lord I surrender Lord I surrender to you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody needs to bring your wilderness to an altar today and let God sanctify it. Come on, is there somebody that can step out of where you're standing and bring a wilderness to an altar and say, God, I want you to sanctify something. Maybe you can't come down to the front, but you can step out of the aisle. You can you can surrender a wilderness to God right now and say, God, I thank you for the cloud. And I I thank you, Lord, for the for the manna, and I thank you, Lord, for the rock, God. I'm going to stop blaming my circumstance, God. And I'm going to trust you today. Come on, you can trust the Lord today. You can trust the Lord today.